<laughs> Hello, my name is Yoel Cassell, and what we are doing, we are making sound. Yes. Close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hello, Yoel Cassell. How do you do? <laughs> I'm doing so well. Did we start already? We started. This oh, is it. We're wonderful. in. We're on. We're on. We're making sound indeed. Hello, everybody. It's Making Sound with Yacht Close, episode 71, with my illustrious friend and guest, Yoel Cassell. Yoel Cassell is here. I can't believe it. We finally made it happen. Uh, folks, if you don't know Yoel, I want to tell you a little bit about him. He is the assistant professor of movement and the co-chair of Dance Minors and the faculty mentor of theater minors at Boston University. Am I saying that correctly? You said it perfectly. Okay, good. Articulately and wonderfully. Thank okay. you so much. Okay, good. I'm doing good. All right. He holds a BFA from Boston Conservatory, a conservatory a certificate of completion from the American Mime Theater. He's a recipient of the Lottie Kalens Kaliski Award for Gifted Artists. Hmm. And he was born in Schenectady, New York. Schenectady. That, see, that's something I didn't know. Uh, he was born with a nerve deafness and discovered as a youngster that movement was his authentic expressive channel for his personal and creative identity. I'm reading from your, from your bio, but I'm going to stop because we're, mm -hmm. we've been friends for a really long time. And, and uh, folks will figure out as we speak much more about you. You and I first met... I believe in the year in the year two thousand and three, or somewhere around there, two thousand four, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. through a friend of ours, Karen Ewell, yes, who's a choreographer who's South African, who I met in New York when I first moved to New York around that same time in the early two thousands, mm -hmm. and uh, I was working at a um, a place called Future Kids, which taught kids in the uh, boroughs and the uh, projects in New York City computers mm. after school. It was an after school program. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how I met Karen Yule because she was also working at Future Kids Whoa, with what? me. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, this was a very, and then we did a, uh, you know, sh she discovered my music. I had only done like two albums then and I hadn't even done Black Box. Um, I think, yeah. And Black Box was the first EP that I recorded in New York City in 2003. And you ended up using some of those songs. But yeah, uh, yeah. so Karen, Karen and I did a project together and, and uh, she used uh, one or two of my songs and I, you know, attended the performances and um, this guy comes up to me, this <laughs> dude, and he has this big, big smile on his face and he's just delightful. And he goes, hi, my name is Yoel Cassell and I really love your music. I would love to work together with you. And it was one of those moments that you wish for, you know, when you put yourself out there and you do your thing and you meet new people mm -hmm. because of that energy, you know, mm -hmm. it just, it, and it, you know, this is my favorite thing about being in the music business is the people that I meet. And it's the reason I started this podcast, because I get to talk to really cool, interesting artists, artistic folks in the community. And uh, I, I have to give, a, first of all, I have to give a big shout out to BMI and the Island Hopper Festival and Visit Fort Myers because they hosted me for a festival last weekend. And I only just got back from that. I'm still exhausted. <laughs> I played like six performances in, in just a few days. It was um, just a, an amazing experience. And I got to interview some uh, wonderful uh, songwriters down there. So uh, down in, in uh, Fort Myers in Florida, Captiva Island is where I was. It was just great. So uh, I just want to thank everybody that came to the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And thanks for tuning in to now episode 71 with Yoel Cassell. And Yoel, how are you, my friend? Oh, I am doing so well. And first, I just want to thank you for inviting me to be part of this experience with you and and to have a chance to 
have a conversation and communicate, yes. collaborate. Uh, not only uh, we have collaborated through uh, music and through movement, but also through conversation. And as you were recalling that story of when we met, brought back great memories. And not only did we meet and become collaborators and uh, co-creators, but most importantly, we're wonderful friends. And that, that means the most to me, uh, to yeah. my heart. And I'm so grateful for your friendship as well. So thank you once again for inviting me. Jan You're Close. so welcome. You're so welcome, Joel Cassell. And I should say that, you know, that moment turned into something and we, something that is still going on. That moment when you came up to me and said, let's, let's do something together. And it turned into really my first sort of venture out into the theater world, other than my own experience as a singer-actor with Broadway shows. You know, before mm. you, it was I was on tour with Jekyll and Hyde and The Who's Tommy and Jesus Christ Superstar. And, and you, then you said to me, look, I've got this idea for this show, mm-hmm. and I want to use your music, and you should be in it, and your band can be the band mm-hmm. of the show. And I have all these dancers, and I, I, I was like, wow, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful thing. And we did this off-Broadway, Moonlight Interior. Yes. And it was a, oh, oh you want to you pause your, uh, your email notifications yeah. there? You wanna, Thank you so You want to do that for me? Thank you. How do I, how do, I do that? <laughs> oh, yes, here we go. You wanna, there, you're going to put that moon on. We're going to silence that. Yeah. Or just turn it off altogether. How do I do that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Turn off everything but Zoom. Zoom, 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 Zoom. There you go. I think All right, cool. Worked. Thank you. And uh, so so we, uh, we had this run with this off-Broadway show called Moonlight Interior, and it sold out, and it went fantastically well, really. We had, I think, I believe we had the New York Times there. We had some some... You know, we had some, we got some really good, 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 good feedback for it. And then our lives went into different directions. You started a family, your yes. wonderful wife, Melody, and your beautiful son, Keaton, who mm-hmm. I miss so much. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> and, uh, but we stayed in touch and you, uh, you ran the show as well again in Boston and you called mm-hmm. it Sunlight Interior, like slight yeah. alteration of the, of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, but in the meantime, you did so much, so much other work. You know, we both started getting really busy with our our work, mm-hmm. and now here we are again after fifteen over fifteen years later, and we are talking about this show again. I can't. I don't want to say too much because we've just started to talk about it again and what we want mm-hmm. to do with it, and I'm sure that will develop as as time goes on and we can talk more about it. But I want to talk about you. I want to find out things about you that I don't know yet. Because I know a lot. We've had some wonderful times together, some great conversations. And um, you you and, and Melody and Keaton are like family to me. Oh. You know? And really, I, I mean, I, I don't say that often about many people, but I've always felt this way about you guys. And so I want to talk a little bit about how how does someone you know, that has, talk a little bit about uh, your, the nerve damage in your hearing mm-hmm. and how that affected your approach to art and to, to creation and to be, to, to creativity in general and uh, developing a career and, and becoming, you know, that, the person you are now and also the success that you've had, you know. Um, how do you? How does one get there with this thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the way? Maybe yeah. it isn't in the way. Maybe it actually. Did you use yeah. it? Oh well, yeah. Well, thank you once again, uh, Jan. It's always a pleasure to connect with you, and thank you for uh, allowing us uh, to be part of your uh, story and a part of your journey uh, for the past 15 years or so as well. Um, Yeah, I'll pick up to where you left off in terms of getting in the way. You know, with me, I always thought of, um, you know, I always think of a challenge not as something that gets in the way, but showed me the way. 
uh, if that makes sense. And so with uh, I'm I'm I, I'm actually quite grateful for having the nerve dam- uh, damage in a way that it allowed me to find uh, a channel for expression uh, in a way that feels quite kinetic. Uh, it feels like um, it's, it's, uh, it makes visible what lies within the thoughts that are lying within my consciousness, my imagination. And it led me to movement. And I often tell um of friends like yourself and and dear one, um, if I wasn't hearing impaired, I'm not sure I would be as fully invested in movement practice as I am uh, because of, of how it led me the way. Then my, my nerve damage was um, caught at an early age. Uh, so it became part of my identity. I never thought of it as a, a challenge. I just thought of it as a way to, um, as a channeling, if that makes sense, channeling to me toward finding other ways to communicate. And I had the pleasure of really connecting to movement at that expressive channel. Yes, so when I discovered um, movement, um, I discovered a new channel of expression. And I was always a a curious child. uh, vibrant, had vibrant personality, but it was hard for me to communicate. Um, and I found movement as a communicative channel um, to express my inner thoughts. And I like to say to my students now, you know, movement is an expressive channel of our, our inner landscape, our thoughts, our sensations, our imagination. Um, and, um, and from there, I became hooked. Uh, when anything involved with movement uh, as a performer. How, how old were you when you discovered, or when your parents, who I also love and miss very much, please tell them I said hello, your brother too. Thank you. Um, uh, how did they discover that you had this hearing impairment and this nerve damage? I'm, I'm assuming, you know, when they said, okay, it's time for dinner, you were like, what? You didn't yes. listen to anyone? Was it yeah, as simple it as that? Heaven. Yeah, it was hereditary, actually. My father, my father was a hearing impaired and I uh, through the family. Uh, but they actually discovered, I think my mom once mentioned they discovered it pretty late. Uh, they didn't realize uh what was happening until much later in development. So um uh I'm not quite sure when in terms of age, but uh when they discovered it, they I I had an operation and um uh, nerve deafness operation and then mm. from there um you know i started to get uh um channeled for how to make hearing accessible with hearing aids and and um and i found again movement to be that expressive channel very young i started really uh connecting to movement when i was three or four years old um and uh at the time you know we were in schenectady new york uh at a very young age but then my father worked in re- uh, retail and we moved to uh connecticut for a while um and when i was at, at connecticut i uh my first one of my first classes was with connecticut ballet um there and and from there we moved to new jersey and and then from new jersey as you know i, I went to boston um to go to boston conservatory and then i came back uh to new york and was in new york and that's where i met you and had a wonderful career there and i had an opportunity to come back to boston and came back to boston but uh i discovered movement as not only an expressive channel it became my calling and i was always interested without realizing in accessibility how do we make a uh, movement accessible for all regardless of, uh, of experience of gender of sexual orientation uh, of social economic means uh as a performer how do i make it uh, accessible as a choreographer as a movement director as an intimacy coach um and as an educator and part of my mission now here at uh at, at Hold on, i gotta stop you there what what's an intimacy coach yeah so intimacy coordinator i would um liken coordinator. it coordinator yeah it's a coordinator okay. or intimacy coach uh it's very much uh uh sort of in the headline now of, of these are the coordinators that are hired uh to help create a safe space 
for uh, uh, scenes of intimacy, as in, as you know, mm. intimacy covered many areas. It's not mm. only sexual, but it's also uh, religious and spiritual and uh, conversational. And so when you look at uh, certain scenes, like, say, a sensual scene or an intimate scene of conversation, um, how how do we treat the experience as if you were stage a stage combat scene? Mm. Uh, so it's very technical, it's very uh, choreographed. Um, and it, it's not to uh, uh, provide limitation, but it's to provide a surrender of play, create a parameter to invite play and curiosity uh, without playing to the parameters. You don't want to think about the parameters, but you want to be aware of the parameters uh, and what the what those safety containers are to encourage expressive play. Um, mm-hmm. And so... And that I've always uh, interested through contact, improvisation work as well. Um, and so, yes, uh, all those experiences I think about, you know, how do I allow movement to be accessible uh, and how can movement be an entry point? And that led me to you, too, because uh, <laughs> at the time when we were in New York, uh, I was very fascinated by a singer named K.T. Sullivan. She was a, a cabaret singer, uh, and I believe, forgive me, there was a, a, a cabaret uh, near Hell's Kitchen in New York. Uh, I believe it's called Firebird or Fire. I'm. I want. I don't want to. I want to make sure. I, I don't I, remember. I don't, I don't know. Is that still there? The Firebird. I. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know if that's the okay. name of it. But it was near um, the Hell's Kitchen area, yeah. and I happened to go into the club and i remember katie sullivan was singing there and she was singing uh someone to watch over me mm. uh and i was listening to her and when i heard her sing i felt like she was telling me something personal and it was quite intimate and as if i was the only one in that room with her mm. and i said how do i create this experience um through physical theater uh a physical theater container. I would love to uh, uh, invite a songwriter to uh, sort of reveal what's lying underneath the surface of their thoughts. And at the time, I was searching for a songwriter and a composer, and through our mutual friend with Karen, who at the time I was also I presented a piece uh, for her concert, and I happened to hear you sing in that concert. And uh, and and something it was just that one song you sang. I don't remember the song, but I remember the way you sang it, and I remember how you sang it. And I said, "Ooh, I'm interested to figure out how to go underneath the surface of this this not only these lyrics, but under underneath the thoughts of the songwriter." And mm. I just thought about that, but then we were on the train ride and I was sitting on the train and I saw you across the train. We must have uh, um, entered the train at the same time without realizing it. I don't remember this. Wow. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yes, and I was on the train and I said, you know what? I'm just going to ask him. I'm just going to ask him if he would be interested. And he, I know he doesn't know me. He only seen me briefly in the show. Uh, maybe he remembered me. And... Um, I just asked, like you beautifully articulated, and we started this conversation. And um, and I always believe in following your impulse, following your instinct. And I always had this instinct to sort of pull these songs together uh, to sort of reveal what's underneath the surface, the inner light of of humanity. Um, you know, what makes us move, what makes us communicate, what makes us connect. And as you know, we developed this idea together. And I remember you coming over to my place and we just talked about your songs. And I got to uh, know a bit more about your approach to songwriting. Mm -hmm. And then I think we sort of, you know, we said, let's let's do this. And uh, we did auditions and we had an audition call and got a team together. And uh, you so generously offered me pretty much what your catalog was at that time, your music catalog. And I spent hours and hours between my other engagement, rehearsal engagement, uh, just listening to your songs and trying to capture what the energy, but not making sure I didn't um, play to your songs, but allow your songs to uh, sort of invite images or sensations that I just sort of wrote down. Um, 
and we created this work. And I do remember you and I at one point when we were getting close to showtime and we had never put your songs yet to the material. And I remember <laughs> you true. coming to rehearsal, like quite anxious, like, okay, so when are we gonna like when? And I said, oh, hi, hi, Jan. yes, we're ready today. And she said, you, you said, we are? I said, yes, we're ready. Um, I'm gonna have Melody who helped, you know, as you know, she was also in the show, my, my, my wife. And um, and I'm gonna have Melody do this solo. Can you play that one song that you have in your catalog? And and let's just layer it over the material as if it's a sound score and see what happens. And we did that together. You were singing, Melody was dancing, and I was watching. And at the end, you and I looked at each other and was like, "That's the show. That that's yeah. the piece." And and then you and you said to me, I trust you now. Okay, I see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, you're gonna layer my star, and we're gonna find where it tells the story. And I said, Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. And um, a few weeks later, you came <laughs> to rehearsal, and we were doing something. I was doing working with uh, Jeffrey Frasse. Yes, uh, Jeffrey, uh, tremendous, and Francis. You remember Francis today? Yes, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I saw her in um, well, this was also a couple of years pre-pandemic when I when I uh, had a show in in San Francisco. She came. She came. Yeah, she was at the show, and we did. We were working on a a duet there, a conversation, yeah. and you looked at it and you said, "I'll be right back." And I saw you go to the corner and I think you were writing a song or something. Something was happening or was. you were finishing an idea you had. And, and and you came back at the end of our rehearsal and said, "I can we try it one more time? I, I want to try this song. Yeah. And the song uh, would... I think it's uh, you, uh, I Remember Your Name or Remember Your yeah. Name. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that became one of our homework songs in the show. Um so it was really a wonderful time of collaboration and yeah. creation, and and we developed this trust together of of, of of expressing our inner thoughts and our sensations through not only music and song, but through movement and action and gesture. Um, and yeah, the idea is still in my head. And and as you mentioned, I I, I looked at it again here at BU with students here. And we renamed it Sunlight Interior. I just wanted to sort of step away from that show to see mm -hmm. if I learned anything from that experience uh, to create this experience. And now I'm ready to go back uh, to revisit that experience. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited that we started our dialogue with that a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and we'll be in continual dialogue. Yeah, I know. Yes, I yes, we will. Uh, yeah, it, it's actually quite exciting for me, you know, and I, as, as you know, I just finished a new album. It's just in the mastering process now, and uh, that's going to come out in 2023. And, you know, like there's, it's, it's exciting because there's so much new music that we can choose from now, you know, and yeah. also your growth, you know, you've had so much success and you've put on so, you've worked with so much talent. Mm. You, you've worked in so many different environments and with so many people and the connections that you've made through that must have have uh, been you know really enriching and inspiring i'm hoping you know i want to talk to you a little bit about teaching and about about um connecting with with talent um the what what about a um a new young talent you know that comes to you or that is assi assigned to you as a as a theater minor or a dance or someone that wants to dance someone that wants, that wants to learn what about them what is the biggest challenge when you work with someone that is you know 18 19 years old and they they they, they come into this environment and they're excited and probably scared and mm -hmm. you know just discovering who they are what they want to do what are some of the the uh the things that you do in order to guide them along and what are some of the challenge that, challenges that you have working with with talent oh yeah thank you and most of the students that i have the pleasure of working with here at BU are school of theater students uh some uh, um uh, mostly acting majors and theater art majors that also include directors and playwrights and designers. And uh, the big thing uh, I try to uh, share with them is that their body is the solution and not the challenge. 
and 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 how is their body, which includes their imagination and their voice, the solution, and what might be getting in the way of that? Is it self doubt? Is it the uh, allowing? Uh, you to be respond to judgment of others, or is it simply alignment, or is it breath? Um, and so the first few weeks are just about me getting to know them. I try to stay back and let them explore, let them be curious about what is movement. Um, a lot of people tend to think that movement is dance, and and while dance is one form of movement. Uh, movement is many, 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 have many, many different forms from these techniques, such as the Laban technique, the Gortowski technique, mask work, clowning work. Uh, and what, and and yet, move, and dance is one form, but we try to think of uh, movement as an expressive channeling, making visible what lies within. So with, um, while dance, not all the time, sometimes the concept, is, it tends to put the focus on the surface with dance, on the form. And movement very much about uh, revealing what's happening underneath the surface and how the form follows the function of that of that what's happening underneath. Um, and so that's what I allow the students to explore in the beginning. What is the relationship to movement? How is their body the solution with these concepts and foundations of movement? And the biggest thing I try to teach the student is how do you follow your joy? Embrace your joy. And with joy, uh, I like to say right away, I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about breaking up the word to journey of youth, uh, journey of youth mindset. So how do you embrace the journey of youth mindset? Much like a child, how do we embrace our curious mindset that invites our creativity and imagination and allows us to be explorative? One of the biggest challenges to answer your question is sometimes the students would say, am I doing it right or am I doing it wrong? And I said, I wonder if we can delete that uh, conception a little bit. It's not so much about right or wrong, but how are you curious about this? Um, because if you are playing to the right and the wrong, you're, you may be missing what's happening in between that. Um, so let's not talk about it as right or wrong. You know, if you're so truthful in that intention, the form will be visible because it's more about it's not less about right and wrong and more about it's, it's what happening within the safe container, truthful, expressive container. Uh, so that's the biggest delayering I take time with, the, this conception of right and wrong, this is right and wrong, and invite them to be explorative, uh, when you're curious, uh, uh, it invites the muscularity softens a little bit. Uh, you soften your gaze. I always say, like, soften your eyes so you can see the world. You can take in uh, what's happening around you. And, you know, movement um, invites sensation. You know, for example, if I'm running really fast, I start, uh, you know, maybe my heartbeat picks up a little bit or hyperventilate. And then what would it, what would it be like if I were moving from that sensation? <laughs> oh, hey, it's a beautiful day, it's a beautiful day. You know, I, the movement is inviting that sensation and then I move from that sensation. So how can movement invite sensation? And then I tell the student, you know, how do you take this trend? And this is one of the challenges they start to explore. How do you take this language and translate it to any form? So if you're a songwriter, how do you hear movement? I hear it in rhythms. I hear it in, uh, in phrasing. I hear it in uh, structuring. Or if you're a designer, I think of architectures and shapes and, and line. Or if you're a costume, I look at colors. Um, so how can this language be translatable within any form? So it becomes more universal. Um, and 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 I'm so lucky here at BU. I have uh, tremendous students who are curious and hungry and engaging. And it, it's also telling them this is a four-year journey uh, because movement is very much about assimilating, embodying. I mean, if you look at the word movement, it means embodied action, which is acting. Um, so how do we allow ourselves to embody the material so that when they do play, when they do express, the language is innately inside of them. And now when they're performing, they're not working. They're simply surrendering uh, to what they're seeing and what they're experiencing. I love that you use that word, surrender. Surrender. It's the act yeah. of how do you get to that uh, place of surrender? You know, have you ever seen a performance where you see 
the 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 performer still working when they're performing? They're still doing their homework. Um, so what does it do? What does it mean to do all your prep work beforehand so that when you get into the space, it's just about responding to your senses? And this goes back to the nerve deafness question. You know, you know, it goes back to the idea of yes, that that sense that I have, that hearing sense, might be uh, a harder hallway to enter. But how can I rely on my sight? How can I rely on what I smell? How can I rely on what I make contact with or what I taste? And, and that invites sensations. Um, and so once again, not letting it get in the way, but letting it show you the way. Brilliant. Um, you know, it, it's we've known each other such a long time and we've worked together, at, but talking to you like this is giving me is inspiring for me because I'm seeing another side of you, you know, mm -hmm. because back, back when we first started working on Moonlight Interior together, uh, you didn't have the job at Boston University, you know, that was like, that came up and, and, you know, it's kind of an amazing thing that, that gig that you got there, you know, it's a, that doesn't happen often, you know, it's a, and, oh. and it sounds like you're so um, comfortable there and you feel like the support network for you is, is so strong, which is giving you the impetus to say, I can do, I can dance freely, right? And like mm -hmm. kind of what we were talking yeah. about. Yeah. And that means you right. can teach freely and you can pass on this information openly and freely and directly. So I'm, I'm wondering like, what has, how, how, what have you learned from this experience as a choreographer? Because mm -hmm. now, you know, the, you know, teaching is one thing, but like, and and yes, we have to involve the creative process. You know, I have a I have a, a handful of voice students. I coach voice, you know, and I work with singers, and I produce a couple of different singers as well. And you know, I can impart information that I've gathered and make mm -hmm. it a little easier for them mm -hmm. to to get over you know a hump or get over a, get to a goal that they're they're having a hard time imagining for themselves. Right, mm -hmm. we talking. Mm -hmm. You were talking about confidence earlier, and, mm -hmm. and and you know these these things are there. A lot of there's so much in the way when you're starting, so mm -hmm. much, and mm -hmm. and everyone tells you too, you know. And it could be your family, even your friends. You know, your fr maybe your friends will be supportive, but your family says, "Oh, that's that's a dangerous world," and mm -hmm. you know, how are you gonna how are you gonna eat? <laughs> you know, yeah. the whole thing. So there's so many there's so many voices that 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 are are uh, that can get in the way if you if you let them. You know, and and I think we work a lot. We work very hard at, at not letting that happen. So, but through teaching and through coaching, you know, I learn a lot about myself, and I I learn a lot about. I dive deeper into the knowledge that I have acquired, right? Mm -hmm. And it 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 pushes me along. You know, it's wonderful how symbiotic that is. Mm -hmm. So, but now now going into taking that environment and turning that into choreography direction the creative process for you for your own piece of art that you're creating mm -hmm. what have you what do you think you've learned from from the last uh, you know decade yeah uh, that, that's wonderful Jan uh first of all I just wanted like you were saying about all these different voices I just want to speak to that if that's okay yeah I just want to say I was I was just tremendous we need a number for that we need a showstopper with that yes that's right that's right oh so like we it. are yeah. getting creative during the show <laughs> I love it yeah 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 you know and I just want to get a shout out to my parents I'm mean, tremendously yes. supportive Edna Cassell and Arnold Cassell I love their names Edna and Arlen hey guys but no they I just had tremendous support from not only my parents from my family and you talked about BU being uh, a wonderful experience and I am grateful for all that invited me to be part of this experience and all the people that helped me uh, get to here. Um, going back to your question, what I've learned, it goes back to that idea of your body is the solution. You know, as a teacher, as a choreographer, or as a teacher, oh, hold on here. The teacher mindset and, and okay. Oh the no, we got solution. some we got it we got some internet issues at the moment. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I think we're back though. 
fabulous. Hold on. Hold yeah. on. Let me, hold on. Let me test. Um, yeah. So how, how does that sound good? I think so. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so you talk about, you know, I've been teaching, I've been talking about like how is your body the solution? So, and what I wanted to share there, you know, when I'm working with these, I try to teach to each student um, within the collective. And what I have learned is I've learned how to teach because of the information the student is giving me. Um, and I'm learning where, where their challenges are. So I'm not coming in with a pre-imposed idea where I remember in the past, you know, I would have, I would prep myself to the point where I had to structure, 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 but I never left uh, allowed room for uh, fluidity or mobility to happen. And so as a choreographer, you know, I'll often come in with an idea, but how I'm going to choreograph or how I'm going to direct really come from what's happening in the room with the with, with the individual. So for example, I'll say, okay, let's do a container about uh, push and pull very generally. And I'll ask you, okay, John, can you give me your interpretation of push and pull with your arms? And then you're telling me how to choreograph you. You're giving me information uh, to then I can then respond and say, okay, let's play with levels now, or let, let's expand that, or let's add more muscularity. Uh, I think that's what I've learned. I've learned mm -hmm. to uh, not work too hard, but work enough to allow for play to happen, but not to overthink it and to really invite. And you know, it goes back to listening, right? The yeah. metaphor, the metaphor of listening really listening to what the person is bringing, like a yeah. scene partner in an acting class. You know, you're listening to what the person is giving you for you to then respond off of or converse with. Um, like if I say, hello, Jan, and you, <laughs> you leave the door, right? You leave the room. I'm going to say, hey, hello, why are you leaving? Why are you leaving me? <laughs> right? So I, I'm responding to what you are embracing an action in space and i've learned how to choreograph like that you know sometimes i'll get a request from directors and some i have they give me very little time sometimes i'm very thankful for those who give me more time. <laughs> but i'm also thankful for any offer but mm -hmm. in this case you know if i have three days to prep I'll have a container in mind. Okay, I look at the script, what's underneath the surface. This is about a relationship of connection. That's all I'm going to come in the room. I might have a phrase in mind, but I have nothing else. I'm going to go to the actor and say, okay, what would be your response to this word physically? So I can see how their body is the solution. Mm. And I say, okay, let's try it again. But now the ceiling is getting lower. Add more muscularity. Let's, oh, let's try it today. So that's what I've learned to let, to trust that, the materials you are working with, which, and I don't like to translate people to material, but the, the subject, the person, the human, their heartbeat, their thoughts, their consciousness, their intellect is enough. Man, it, that's, it's fascinating. You know, um, I, it just makes a lot of sense. Like everything you're saying makes so much sense because, you know, when it comes to dancing and movement, I am very insecure about that, right? Like I love to like if if the music is playing and I'm at a club and I go out on the dance floor, I'm like, let's go, and I can dance for hours. I love it, right? Mm -hmm, I just mm -hmm. love the feeling of moving to music. But when someone wants me to learn, you know, choreography that has been already created, mm -hmm. it takes me a long time to get it to get mm -hmm. it in my body. It just mm -hmm. does, you know. I just don't, you know. But what you, the way that you and I work together and the way that I can see you working with others is you're extracting from them in advance what they can do and yeah. where their limits are. That's and the then you expand on that. And it mm -hmm. makes so much sense because th that's probably the biggest challenge that, that, that most dancers have, you know, is what if I can't do that? You know, that like that fear well, really, you know, yeah, yeah, sometimes it's a ten you know, it's the mindset. Are you playing to the form of it or are you playing to what's underneath the form? Like I have many students who have dance backgrounds, and one of the things I try to tell them, let's explore. That's wonderful. That's wonderful you have that. But what happens if you uh, look at it now underneath the surface? What makes the time do in a ballet class or an arabesque or these are predictions from the ballet vocabulary come mm. alive? 
Um, yeah, so it's about th- kind of thinking where their mindset and how do you adapt to uh, support their mindset and how they look at things. Like you're talking about the club, right? And I think what you're talking about, you're playing to what's happening in the environment in the club. But what happens if, let's say you're walking a dog, right? And you walk the dog in the park. That's one environment, right? That's one energy. And then you take the dog to the club. And it's now you're, 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 you're having a disco with the club. Right? The environment that you start informs how, the, uh, how you respond. Yeah. Uh, it's like when I hear you sing one song. Uh, that's not a ballad. That's one energy, and then you sing a ballad. That's a different energy. We're not so. I'm not. I'm. I mean, it isn't me personally. I'm not so much responding to what you say because half the time I can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but they're beautiful lyrics. They are. Y'all close lyrics are beautiful. But when I'm responding to it, your energy. It's yeah. what's happening underneath the soaring voice you have. I'm now I'm phrasing your voice, but you know, all that I hear when I hear you sing, Jan, I I, I feel like I'm hearing your soul sing. Mm. And the body is the reality of the soul. Yeah. Man, um it, it's it's great. It's so great talking to you because you know, anyone that knows me knows like I am I'm 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 very interested in finding out uh, what makes people tick, you know, this, mm-hmm. this is why I have the podcast, because I, I love figuring out what's what's going on beyond, beneath the surface. And you, you were talking about this. And, and I mm-hmm. think it's something that we're um, that we have so little of in this life, you know, mm-hmm. like, going deep and, and, and getting to that deeper moment. And if there's something like a piece of music or a piece of dance or both that can inspire you to go deeper then I feel like we've done our job you know as a as entertainers and as you know I love to use dance uh, mm-hmm. in, and movement in my music videos and you know in shows etc and uh, I remember working with uh, um, with EJ on this last on Sugar Mai and mm-hmm. on Flesh and Blood my two current singles and I remember telling them about you and they were like Yoel Cassell you know him <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I know him. I worked with him. He's, you know, he's, a, he's been a friend forever." And uh, they they all know you, you know. And and it's so like in that world, people know who you are, you know. And and it's really, it's it's really nice to 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 see this this success you've had. Um, did you work? Do you do some work with the Kennedy Center? Yes, I went to. Can you talk the... about that a little bit? Yes, well, that was part of like a fellowship. I was part of, um, it was like a, a thought leadership fellowship, creative thought, uh, where they brought all these different creative artists from all over in Washington, D.C. That was a, ooh, that was a long time ago, uh, maybe maybe like 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all got in a room and talked about how do we make art accessible to our all um, and other creative artists and thinkers and philosophers were in the room. And, you know, I must say some of that intellectual, I'm, I'm very, very interested in the respond, but, um, and sometimes it goes over my, my head. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't, okay, yeah, I know what you mean, I think. I know what you mean by that. But when, when we started to do these uh, creative exploration through physicality, uh, I don't know, it goes back to that, that, that just what my communicative channel um, then I, oh, now I really know what you mean. And, you know, there's the one thing I always, I did this thing there. I started there with a long time thing where I always say, let me hear a beautiful waka. And, uh, uh, one of my, what are you talking about? What? I said, let me hear waka. You know, I always say that to the students <laughs> and I had a colleague say, what do you mean by this waka? Why do you say this waka? And I said, oh, I learned it from the most tremendous mentor I've ever had in my life. Uh, and they said, who was it? And I said, oh, this person changed my life. Uh, this person um, uh, inspired me. And they said, who is this person? I said, it's none other than Fozzie the Bear. <laughs> How the, where did you get that from? Who did you pull that thing out of? <laughs> it's in my office. Uh, okay. For, the, for audio listeners, we'll hope to, we have to get a, a clip of this on YouTube. Uh, okay, yeah, one more time. Yoel Cassell just assistant. literally pulled out a teaching assistant and it's it's Fozzie Bear from Fozzie Sesame Street. Yes, yeah, Sesame Street. 
Uh, I hope I get some. Did you hear? Sesame Street. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's get some. You know, you heard about this, right? They pulled Sesame Street from uh, I forget was it Netflix or some one of the one of the big. um, Yeah, I don't know Hulu. I don't know who it was. Uh, And they pulled all the Sesame Street content. HBO. What did HBO? Because they were part of HBO. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was. I was like, wow, that is so depressing. You know, yeah. and the reason I mean, why I'm saying that it's is probably because... a licensing issue. It's probably a you know, it's everything is money. It's always a money issue, you know. Yeah. So they probably had some kind of licensing issue, and the contracts couldn't get renegotiated, and you know, mm-hmm. so they they pulled the content, and it, it's like these, the, you know, it's so upsetting when when money gets in the way, you know, because it, but it does, it does, you know, it's it's yeah. it's very unfortunate. Yeah. And why I mentioned Bazi uh, is, you know, that it goes back to the curious uh, joy mindset, journey yeah. of youth mindset. Uh, and that's journey right. of youth. Waka. Yeah. Waka. I, yeah, waka, waka. Yeah, I, I think about this all the time. You know, I think about how I have, you know, come to a place in my life where I am content, you know. And, and I was talking to uh, to a friend about this Um uh, my friend Diego, he actually is doing the artwork for for uh, for my new album, and mm-hmm. you know he said, uh, you know, I, you know, it's like happiness. What 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 does that even even mean, you know? And, and I don't think there is such a thing. It you have happy moments, and you have mm-hmm. sad moments, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. go back and forth. You know, like if someone asks you, "Hey, man, how are you? So great to see you. You look great, man. Wow, are you are you happy?" <laughs> You know, and I go, I yeah. cannot answer that. It, it's yeah. not possible to answer that with a yes or no question. Answer, you know, you know, what I mean. it's not possible. Yeah, it, it yeah. really isn't because we have any, you know, like I was saying, we have moments. And mm-hmm. I think the more moments of joy, you know, mm-hmm. and happiness that you can have in your life, the better. Uh, of course, you are going to have the opposite because it's life. That's how that's how we're constructed. It's not possible to be happy all the time. If you're happy all the time, you're on drugs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yes. that's the, and that's and why I, I I make a very I I I I make a point to make it very clear that when I talk about joy, I'm not I'm talk about happiness. I'm talking yeah. about the journey of youth mindset because even those moments that you are not happy, right? Those moments of the uncomfortable, you're still curious about it, though. Mm-hmm. Right. And it still makes you, why am I not happy? Or it may be because I didn't get front row seats at this concert, whatever. Uh, But, uh, and that's why when I say I'm sending joy to you, I'm not sending you happiness because for some that may not be. And that's uniquely true um, uh, for some. Um, But I would imagine everyone at some point can embrace that curious mindset, uh, that, that joy mindset of even during those moments of the uncomfortable, those moments of tension, I'm still wondering why and yeah. how can I, and how can I learn from this? Or, and we, we've experienced it, of course, as human beings and as artists, you know, things falling through, funding falling through and shows in. And we went, and the first question I said, oh, okay, this happened. How did this not get into me in a way? How does it show me the way? And how can I be curious about this? What have I learned from this? Yeah. Um, and that's what keeps us going back to the word movement, moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what forward is. I don't want it to sound like we keep marching, but it, you yeah. know, we, we keep living and embodying. It's it's a beautiful thing, and I think if you if you lack curiosity. Uh, that is that's a real handicap i think mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. it's like there it's hard to it, it, it's hard for some people to 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 have that and like i want to i want to give that to them you know like because cu- yeah. curiosity and and finding wanting to know new things and learn new things and you know is such a big part of life for me mm-hmm. it's part of my motivation in life you know, because I want to know, how do I, you know, okay, they're, they're playing me on the radio in Brazil. How mm. the hell will I get there? How can I get down there and mm. play a show? Who do I need to call? 
you know, mm-hmm. who do I need? To, so I figured out somebody I need, I can call about it. Right. That's so, another, that's another child mindset. You know, when a child is. is trying to build Lego, they're persistent on trying to build what they imagine with the Lego pieces. That's yeah. a, that's a journey of youth mindset. How can I make it happen? How nothing get in my way? Um, yeah. yeah. With generosity and curiosity. So Yoel, tell us what you're curious about these days. Me, September I, of 2022. Oh, oh my goodness! It's some. It's as we're taping this. It's yeah. a, it, we rescheduled to September 22nd, 2022. That's one, two, three, four, five twos. Oh, I'm curious about that. <laughs> <laughs> Two 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 two. That might this be my next lottery you. number. Yes. Yeah. This is why I love you. Quick and witty. I I remember when you, you. I want you to answer the question though. You know, but like I remember you always used to, when we were working on Moonlight, the first incarnation of it. Uh, you know, you uh, you used the word whimsical all the time, yes. and I remember thinking, you know, and I'd only arrived in New York, you know. Uh, a couple of years before that, and I was still trying to adjust to my new life in America, you know, after gr- growing up in Germany and in Africa and South Africa, you know, like the, just, it was, everything was different here, but it was, you know, amazing. It was a journey every day. And uh, you would, you would use this word whimsical. I went, I'm looking for, you know, and I thought, what the hell is this word? And I looked it up. I remember looking it up because I didn't want to like seem like I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> I probably didn't so, know what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to look this up later. He talks about whimsical, whimsical, whimsical. I'm going to look this up. So I looked it up, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's, I, I love that. I love the meaning of this, you know. It, it's so. What uh, does it mean, by the way? What does it mean? I still don't I'm know. <laughs> still that's what I'm know. curious about. <laughs> what's a, what's another word for whimsical? What, what is another word for whimsical? I think of it as um, expansive, uh, uh, like uh, teeter-tottering, um, silliness, fantastical, like fantastical, silly, expressionistic. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's a better. I'm sure someone's uh, listening. Yeah, to and yeah the, no, someone's <laughs> like right now, like about to like hit their radio. Yeah, <laughs> like, guys, what the uh, hell is wrong with you? But one of the things that we did, uh, I always used to say, "New Day, New Horizon," and you ended yes. up singing that lyric in a song. I did. Oh wow! So, oh, we should talk about this quickly. Yes, and you would say, and I was just telling, <laughs> just telling Diego this actually. Uh, it was like, yeah, my friend Yoel Cassell, you know, he 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 says, uh, good morning. He doesn't say good morning. It says, it's a new day, a new horizon. And I pulled that lyric for one of my songs on the Mosaic album called The Kite. Yeah. And uh, which is now something that we're going to have to use because people do ask me to play that song a lot when mm. I play shows. And I, I don't play it a lot, you know. It's just wow. one of those songs that I'm, because it kind of makes me sad because I wrote it at a time in my life when I wasn't, particularly happy i guess in this in this case it you know it actually applies to say because i was i was unhappy and i was going through a i was about to go through a breakup you know it was terrible Mm -hmm. and uh but all i wanted to do is help the person that was you know going through this depression let's just call it that you know like Mm -hmm. and uh it's um you know, it's one of those tricky things about about life and, and humanity. Like we sometimes the person that you want to help can't receive the help. They, yeah. they they just they can't, and you have to let go. You have to surrender. There's that word again. Surrender. You have to surrender and say, "I can't. I've tried to help you, and but you have to help yourself." Yeah. You can only, um, I don't want to like put it down like this, but you do so much, right? You know yeah. that they're, they're, they know they're there for them, but ultimately they make the choice to receive it and you have to respect that and be generous of that. Um, and they may receive it or they may not receive it. Um, mm-hmm. And by the way, I want to give credit to my dad because he's the one that used to say New Day, New Horizon. And oh, I, really? 
wanted to pick up on his spirit as I went through life moving <laughs> forward. So, uh, and you know, when I think of that new day, new horizon, you know, we're informed by the past days, but new horizon is going to inform how we move forward. Um, or invite, uh, that's probably a better word, invite yes. how we move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I would, that will go back to your question, what am I curious about? Uh, I'm curious uh, that if, will I continue to be curious? Mm. And, and, and I'm hoping that will happen. I'm uh, pretty, I'm pretty sure it will. <laughs> thank you so much, John Close. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome, you all. It's really, I can't imagine you any other way. I think it's its just the way you're built, you know? It's just the way you're Thank built. Thank you. Um, so <clears throat> I, wanna, I have a couple more things I want to ask you, um, and then you. we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. But I, I, I just, you know, I, I love talking to you. It's so inspiring because of the way you see the world is just a little bit different than the mm-hmm. rest of us, you know? And you have this you know maybe it's your just your set of circumstances and your set of your you know the way that you grew up maybe it's the hearing impairment maybe it's a combination of all of these things but i just think that this is who you are you know like deep down inside this is you need this kind of um inspiration and creation of joy to keep you going like you you need it as as much as it needs you you know yeah. like it's the same thing and and um so i want to ask you a little bit about your inspirations i want to finish with that like sure you know when you were three years old and you're starting to dance and creating movement it's natural for you it's just there right mm-hmm. it just exists yeah but w- was there was there an inspiration? Was there an impetus? You know, like I had for me, it was Prince. You know, mm-hmm. like I loved, I loved a lot of other music and singers and performers. And but when I first heard Prince and I saw him perform, I thought, Oh God, I want to do that. It looks so much fun. You know, little mm-hmm. did I know what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it made me want to do that. Like I started, you know, I would go into my room, close the door, and start singing along to these songs with a microphone and a microphone stand and, mm. you know, doing the splits and doing the, you know, moving the mic around and like, you know, of course he was inspired by James Brown. All these moves came from another brilliant dancer. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, again, these are dancers, you know, maybe that's why I'm so attracted to dance. I don't know, but I love watching, <laughs> watching dance. I love movement. You know, I, I just think it's, it's so expressive if it's done well, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, and and which in your case I think it is. So uh, who was that for you? Was there a particular like? How did you start f- finding yeah. inspiration and like who did you look up? Mm, yeah, I had so many different influences and inspiration, but the name that immediately when you asked that question immediately popped up in my mind uh, was Charlie Chaplin uh, and Gene Kelly, um, uh, particularly uh, and Jerome Robbins and 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 countless the Nicholas Brothers and uh, Michael Jackson, uh, movers. Um, I mean, I go on Bob Fred Astaire, Bob Fosse, I, uh, and then even story of Bill Irwin and all these uh, story, physical storytellers. Um, and I was always interested in telling stories. How can I tell stories? How can I, re- when we move, we reveal. So how can I use movement to reveal these stories that I wanted to tell? And I think one of the first pieces I did was to a Fred Astaire tune. Um, and, and I was so fascinated by Gene Kelly um, because he seemed like an every man. He seemed like someone uh, who I can see in my backyard. And here he was telling stories so beautifully and holistically and soulfully uh, through his gesture. And I still think the greatest mover of all time is, is uh, Charlie Chaplin. It's my person and Buster Keaton. Uh, those two, because through gesture and through action, they reveal so much. They reveal happiness. They reveal sadness. They reveal tension. They reveal challenge. Um, and they became sort of my my muse. Um, and and for a while, I went. And then I, as I learned and developed and grown, I, my my influence widened to 
contemporary choreographer, classical, heightened, and movement that, that may not speak directly to dance, and all the different writers influenced me, and song, and I'm particularly interested with Peter Gabriel's music. I always mm. felt like, you know, when I heard him sing, I was hearing his heart and his soul and his passion. Um, and, uh, and then when I hear you sing, I feel the same way. Every time I hear your music, it's I feel like um, I feel like you're deep within me. Um, and and that's what I felt like with the works of Charlie Chaplin, the poeticness of it, the beauty of it. Um, you know, I did think of movement as an escapism, not because I, did, you know, yes, I had challenges as hearing impairment. Yes, I was picked on for being a male and who loved to dance, and I was thrown into garbage cans, and I, I had a tough life uh, as, as, as someone within uh, social settings, um, not within my family, but more in social. I was very well liked. I was for someone who people connected to, but I wasn't, you know, hi, you're well, hello, you're well, how are you? But I never really had a deep friendship with anyone because I was sort of in my bubble. Uh, I didn't, it was hard for me to communicate. Um, and yeah, I felt like I could communicate my truth when I was moving. And um, and Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire, and the, the way they were telling stories, they, they became, they gave me a uh, sort of a framework of how I can find my own voice um, within that container. Um, yeah. Wow. No, I mean, don't stop. <laughs> that was great. That's great. I, you <laughs> yeah, know, so it, thank it, you for yeah. opening up like this. You know, I really appreciate it. I do. My pleasure. My pleasure. You know, and, you know, uh, those were moments that, you no, know, I wasn't, you know, when I was picked on or whatever, I, 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 I didn't. I couldn't use violence. I didn't have that energy. And my brother was very good with that. He would help me. <laughs> some yeah. <of> the <laughs> but, you know, I always tried to use, and my dad taught me this, you know, you know, how can I use my art to express my feelings? And I remember just one incident, which you may not know of. Uh, uh, I was, you know, bullied and, um, and my dad said, is there anything you would like me to do? Like talk to someone or, and I said, no, Dad, I have it. So he he showed, he shared with me uh, an article from Steven Spielberg where Steven Spielberg was picked on and he used his film to create a response to bullying. Um, and um, and I thought about that and we had like a, um, uh, a Halloween day in school. We all had to dress up as characters. And so I decided to dress up as the bully. Uh, and I was walking around in the space, uh, uh, embodying his gesture, the way he was treating everyone. And he was there in the space. And I remember his whole face turned red. Um, and, and he apologized later. Um, so that was my way of, of communicating, Hey, this is not right. But, it, you know, instead of letting it get in the way and I'm just with my own, I'm only speaking on the eye. Uh, I I was able to find a way to move to to move forward and to find the curiosity in that the joy in that I didn't realize it was curious or whatever it was just the way I was operating because uh, because movement was such a connective channel for me um, and it did lead me to my wife too I mean I met Melody through movement um, and our son Keaton is, is named because of Buster Keaton uh, at the inspiration so. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to sound crazy that way. It's all that way. It just happened organically that it yeah. happened to be part of our life. Um, I can't wait to see you. Uh, when are we getting together? In I person? hope very soon, Jan Close. <laughs> you're okay. always welcome here in Boston. All right, always I'll come. I'll Saint come Lucia. see you guys. I'll come see you guys because we have work to do, don't we? You and I. Lots of work. Get uh, the beginning of a new beginning. Yeah, the beginning of a new beginning. A new day, a new horizon. And uh, new folks, horizon. yeah, folks. Wow, uh, that was uh, that was really a great conversation. Will you come back and and uh, treat us to some more of your stories? Oh, if you will have me, it would be my great pleasure. Of course, I would love to. I would love thank to you again, Jan, for inviting me. Just so welcome. To converse through a screen or on a radio, wherever we're doing it. I have no so clue. So welcome. What's happening now, but I got. <laughs> <laughs> I got a quick. Uh, a quick 
quick shout out to our friends out there who are getting involved with the show. You can become a producer or executive producer of Making Sound with Jan Close by going to makingsoundpodcast.com. We don't have advertisers. Uh, it's just you. And you can donate anything. You can tip. You can tip us uh, via Venmo or Zelle at Jan Close, J-A-N-N-K-L-O-S-E, or, you know, all that stuff is on makingsoundpodcast.com. And what else have we to announce? I am, you know, I don't even know who who is the taping for next week. It's been so crazy busy with everything I'm doing, but I want to thank my guest, Yoel Cassell, come for coming on. Thank you so much, my friend. It was brilliant to see you. Brilliant. Oh, it's converse and connect with you thank you so much from the bottom of my heart you're welcome tell everyone i said hello and uh folks we will see you uh next week for episode 72 of making sound with your close and uh thanks we'll see you then. let me hear the <laughs>